Well, you know the saying, when the going gets tough, the tough go shopping. Well, America has been doing that, so there's nothing to distract from the idea that inflation is going to take longer to come down and the Fed is going to have to do more. Remember that all started, of course, with the non-farm payroll. So what of Australia employment numbers this morning? Of course, they have been going down, but why have they start going up again? Only yesterday, Philip Lowe was saying inflation was way too high, so a tight labour market is not going to help with that. So it's all taking a long time, isn't it? And markets are reflecting this. It's Thursday, the 16th of February, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, bond yields pushing ever higher, another six basis points on 10-year Treasury yields, up to 3.8%. Two years are down three, but they are up at 4.61%, so still pretty high. UK 10-year gilt yields fell three basis points. German bonds up four, uh, up 11 in Italy, so a bit all over the place. Uh, No moves yesterday on Aussie 10-year yields, but up nine basis points on futures overnight, up to around 3.82%. US equities spent a lot of the session down, but rising Later on in the day, on Wednesday, and all indices up at close. So the Dow up just 0.1%, the S&P up 0.3%, the Nasdaq climbing 0.9%. Energy doing the worst, IT doing well again. And big rises in Europe, the Euro stocks 50 up 1%, the CAC Caront up 1.2%, half percent for the FTSE 100. The US dollar is up 0.6% on the DXY with big falls in the pound, it's down 1.2%. The Aussie dollar is down just about the same amount to just over 69 US sense. There's also a 0.7% fall in the Japanese yen and a 0.6% drop in the euro. And oil down, although it's climbed back a long way from session lows, it's now about half percent down uh, for WTI and a quarter percent for Brent. Both up and down today. Brent around 85.40 a barrel. So a few things to cover this morning with NAB's Gavin Friend in London. We've got US retail sales. We've got the Empire State Manufacturing Index. And uh, as I've been saying, a choppy day for bonds, but they are really staying up there and not much sense of an economic slowdown. I mean, those retail sales for January, Gavin, well above expectations. Good morning, Phil. Yeah, as you say, um, retail sales stronger across the board, including some upward revisions. Um, the gains the most since, what, March 2021. Headline clearly boosted by auto sales. They were up 5.9%. It looks like it's a bit of a combination of the better than normal weather in January, plus some sort of catch-ups, you know, longer-term catch-ups post-COVID coming through with capacity back online there. Um, but there was also strength, you know, elsewhere, up 2.6 on the month, 2.6 on the month, um, ex-autos and gasoline. Yeah. Again, the biggest moves in two years, furniture, restaurants, all strong. I guess the question is after, you know, 450 basis points of very rapid rate increases, why is the US economy apparently so resilient. I mean, we've seen January data for jobs, the ISM services, retail sales now, um, the empire you mentioned, all rebounding and exceeding expectations by some margin. I mean, and we know that it's warmer weather is is partly, you know, possibly a big factor in this. But also, I mean, it's just just after Christmas, isn't it, as well? So, I mean, it's difficult this time of the year. And I was hearing somewhere that, you know, inventories that were well up towards the end of last year are down now. So there's obviously been a bit of a stock clearance going on in retail land as well. I think you're right there. And the the sort of spending patterns we see over Christmas, pointing forward to November, December tends to be in the doldrums, bounces back in January. Um, the question, though, markets are asking themselves is, is this, is this part of that? Is it just, you know, more of 
the weather-related stuff that's boosted all sorts of different things, construction and what have you, and that we're going to drop back again in February. Certainly there are people out there that think that's the case. Um, there are others that are saying, well, actually it looks more resilient. And, and, and you know, looking at things like household excess savings and what have you, consumers, they've got a strong labour market, they feel confident in that, and they seem to be prepared to spend. Um, the one thing is, is that you know, markets for the moment uh, are reluctant to revert back to the prior you know, overriding narrative of a Fed that was close to pausing and then rate cuts later this year. And, and to your point, you know, yields just keep nudging up. Because everyone's they, having the same conversation we're having. It's like, well, what do we make out of this? We don't know. We have to wait and see. To, for example, on on, uh, on retail sales, we really have to wait and see, get a clearer picture in February because all of these numbers, they're positive, but are they going to stick or is it just a, a, a temporary ablution? We don't know. Yeah, I mean, the caution on things like the Empire is, is that it's a very volatile index. Um, it bounced from a very low level. It was the lowest level it had been since the pandemic rebound and then collapse again. So you need to be mindful of, uh, you know, not over exaggerating that. Um, but that was better than expected. It was down, wasn't it? But better than expected. But actually, the employment number fell minus 6.6, mm. which is the first negative employment number since early on in the pandemic. So yeah. that is a very different story to the and payroll. The, and the capex the ingredient wasn't great either. But um, just moving across to the um, industrial production, you know, that, that looked weak at first blush. But of course, that, that again is weather related. Um, you know, it, it was flat on the month. The market was looking for up 0.5. It was down 1%, which was a larger revision to, to December. Um, but if you dig beneath the bonnet, you can see that, um, that uh, manufacturing output actually bounced 1%. The reason why the headline fell was because um, of lower utility output, again, weather-related. So strong across the board, really. Um, and, and, market, and it just plays to the current market view, uh, which looks like it's got further to go. Well, because I look at these, you know, is a good number a bad number, or is a is a bad number a good number? I mean, I'm I'm so confused as to what's good and what's bad. Uh, does you know is it is a good is a good result mean that the uh, the economy is too hot and the Fed's going to have to do more, or you know, is it a hope of a of a soft landing that we'd all like to well, see? Well, any anything that shows resilience has got to be good. I mean, but 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 you know, markets tend to think about these things. High yields means that there's more pressure going to be pressure on as rates come through, more pressure on earnings that a lot of this is going to be difficult for the stock market. The stock market isn't really struggling today. It's actually slightly up as we speak. And, and, and that is because if you've got strength in the economy, it's telling you that maybe the economy can weather higher rates. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Again, the jury is still out on that. And of course, what is the Fed trying to do? It's trying to dampen everything. So it will continue until it succeeds. Yeah. All right. Well, what about uh, the Bank of England then? Because the uh, the inflation is, is f- uh, falling in the, the UK, UK CPI, actually lower than expected, but not by much, it's fair to say. So the headline rate 10.1% against an expectation of 10.3% for year on year, uh, but a bigger than expected fall in the core rate. So the core rate down to 5.8% year on year, a uh, 0.9% fall month on month. So 0.9% fall month on month means prices is actually falling in January. So that's got to be good, but it's taken a long time. Yeah, I mean, we, we always knew that the UK was at the back of the, of the pack, mainly because of things like um, sticky sticky wages, and that, which is still an, uh, an issue of contention. Yeah. And but food, <coughs> food, food up 16.8% year on year. I guess that's a chunk of that will be the war. Indeed, it will be. But these, this is all moving in the direction. The, light, the, the good thing about this particular data set is at 10.1, it was below the market forecast, but in line with what the Bank of England was forecasting recently. So that will give it some confidence. The other point that you just made on the core rate, the core rate is what led this, led this undershoot. 
that's encouraging because it means it isn't just about base effects. Base effects are also going to be coming through as we go further on the year. And all of this keeps the Bank of England in line with its view that inflation is going to drop from where we are now to something like 7 or 8% in the spring, uh, 3 to 4% by the end of the year, and then back to target in Q2 next year. Um, the other thing that, uh, that, that will give the Bank of England confidence is the labour market numbers that we saw on Tuesday, um, and that's because you know th- there is evidence, as we've been pointing out, the- these numbers, although still high, are starting to turn a little bit lower. Um, you know, in terms of what the Bank of England is going to do, whether it's going to stay at four percent and that's going to be it, or whether it's going to hike again to four and a quarter on the 23rd of March, that really depends. We've got more labour market data coming in early March, mid March, and then another CPI. Uh, release just ahead of the bank's uh, meeting on the 23rd of March. And so as long as those things all continue in the same vein that, uh, in, as the data that we've seen this week, then it would be our guess that um, the Bank of England stays stays its hand at 4% and doesn't need to go to 4 and a quarter. Right. A couple of, bit of geop- couple of bits of geopolitics from your part of the world. So number one, uh, Nicola Sturgeon is resigning as Scotland's first minister. I'm not sure whether that's got any repercussions whatsoever, other than it perhaps will slow down the path to, a, to an independent Scotland, if ever that was going to happen. Uh, but also, you reckon the Northern Ireland deal, a deal over uh, you know the disputed you know passage of goods backwards and forwards between uh, the EU and the UK via Northern Ireland, you reckon that deal is going to be sorted out? I feel like we've heard this so many times before. You know, there's, we've been talking about this deal on the Northern Ireland issue that, that's been on his desk for two or three Rishi's, weeks Rishi's now. All the media's been yeah. talking about it. But the mood music is improving. Some of the media are talking about a deal could come as early as next week, maybe the week after. If and when this thing comes over, it'll, it'll be good news for EU uh, UK-EU trade relationships which really need a help. It'll also play well for the UK with the US as well. So it'll be a good news story that will all else equal um, you know, give give Sterling a little bit of uh, outperformance for sure. Okay, period. let's look closer to home. So Australia um, no sign of a slowdown. We had monthly spending yesterday. Uh, showed it was up 11.2% year on year. That is on current prices. Uh, it is uh, it's more di- so you know, it really is 11.2%. Uh, it's more discretionary spending a little less non-discretionary so clearly everyone had uh, a nice time over the holiday period. So this is, you know, the economy is not slowing down, it seems. Lots of spare cash to splash around. Well, some people have anyway. Uh, that Probably not what the RBA wants to see. They, they'll want things to slow down as well. Yeah, I mean, this meshes with our own report uh, that they put out on Wednesday um, using our own data showing strong rebound in consumer spending in January, um, notable strength in, in the retail sector, uh, and all else, all else equal, it suggests that you know that sort of dip we saw in November. Sorry, the dip we saw in December in the retail side uh, will be arrested again. We, we talked about it, the U.S. spending patterns change because of Black Friday and those kinds of things. But it does suggest that there is a lot of resilience there, and part of that is is because of the strength of the labour market, of which today we're going mm. to get the January uh, employment report. Nice, nice segue. Yeah, so what's, I mean, given that, you know, we saw the situation in the US where that strong report, you know, started to kick off those expectations of more hikes for the US, and Philip Lowe we had yesterday in front of the Senate Economics uh, Legislation Committee saying he thought inflation was way too high and it needs to come down. So he won't want to see a tighter jobs market, just like we saw, you know, that, that, that the higher, the tighter job market in the in the US which surprised earlier in the, in the month that kicked off expectations that there were going to be more hikes from the Fed 
does, you know, could we see the same thing happening where this, this well, what, big, gives bigger concern that the RBA is going to have to do? Well, that? the RBA is already signaling that rates have got, they've got a bit more work to do. That's priced into markets. Um, the rate, the labor market is unquestionably tight. Um, it's off the, sort of the levels of tightness that we saw, you know, for, for the back end of last year. Um, mm. but, but it is tight. Remember, in the last labor market report for December, we actually saw, um, jobs uh, lost um, around uh, 15,000. So, so yeah, there's an yeah. expectation that we get a rebound. We're looking for 30,000 jobs. I think the consensus is about 20,000. The unemployment rate is in cha- unchanged at 3.5%. I mean, the, the problem with this particular uh, release in January is the sizable shifts you get post-Christmas. The seasonal adjustments are quite difficult. And so if you look back at January in the last couple of years, actually they've been a bit softer than, than other months. So, so there is some risk attached to this particular number. But, you know, and immigration to, to picking up as well, of course. Well, yeah, of course it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So look, Ted, Japan's balance of trade today, US PPI, building permits. Uh, we get those weekly jobless claims as well from the US, the uh, producer prices. So they fell 0.5% in December because of food and energy prices. But I mean, there's an expectation of a 0.4% increase for January. So they're going to be important numbers, I guess. And uh, lots of Fed speakers as well tonight uh, from, the, uh, from the Fed, uh, Mester, Bullard, Cook, uh, from the ECB, we get Lane and Panetta, uh, Nagel from the Bundesbank, Hugh Pill from the Bank of England. Everyone is out. Philip Lowe tomorrow morning, uh, even though we we saw him at the Senate uh, Senate hearing yesterday. And I think Jerome Powell is, uh, is is talking as well tonight. We've got everyone on. Yes, indeed we have. So we'll see what they've got to say, but we'll leave it there for now. Good to talk, Gavin. Cheers, Phil. And that is Thursday morning's morning call. Back again for the last one of the week tomorrow morning. I'm Phil Dobby for now. I'll see you then. Thanks for listening.